0: second Samuel chapter number nine. I don't care if it's past 12 o'clock on any Sunday but lunch Sunday. <laughs> 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 looking looking at you. It's 11 36. I ain't making no promises. <laughs> now just right quick, uh, kind of had this on my mind this week. Uh, a guy named Mephibosheth and then a a girl named Ruth. Uh, And they they both had different situations. They both had different circumstances. They both had different struggles and different uh, trials in their life. But both of them got to go to the master's table. And even though they had different circumstances, when they went to the master's table, the master was able to take care of both of their needs. Now the masters were different. But both masters represent God and his ability to take care of us. So right quick, I just want to look at both of them and uh and to evaluate yourself and, and to ask yourself, you know, what what's going on in my life? You know, how can I better serve God and and, uh, and and you know what could what do I need to bring to the table? What do I need to bring to the table to bring to God and let him speak? So uh just right quick, 2 Samuel chapter number nine verse number 1, the Bible says, and David said, Is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now we know that Saul was the king of Judah before David, right? David took his place. Jonathan was Saul's son. David and Jonathan were best All alright? They were titans. They were tight, so tight that some preachers don't even want to preach about their friendship because it's a little, the the terminology is a little uneasy and and we might go through that one day. But they were tight. And and, and so David's sitting there in his kingdom and he says, is there anybody that I could show kindness to of the house of Saul for Jonathan's sake? And there uh, there was of the house of Saul a servant whose name was Ziba, and when they uh, had called him unto David. The king said unto him, Art thou Ziba? And he said, Thy servant is he. So they uh, Saul had a servant left now. I failed to mention that Saul and Jonathan are both dead at this point. They died in the same battle and, and so they're both dead at this point but he had, he had a servant remaining and his name was Ziba. And the king said, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may show kind, the kindness of God unto him. And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son, which is lame on his feet. So Ziba said, yeah, he's, he's got one leg uh, Jonathan had a son, uh, but he's crippled. But he's paralyzed and he, and he can't walk. He's lame on his feet. And the king said to him, where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, behold, he is in the house of Maker, the son of meal in Lodabar. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Father God, we thank you for your grace and your mercy and your love. Father God, we thank you for allowing us to be here today, God. And God, I just, I just uh, I pray now, God, as we enter this, this time in your word, God, God, that you would just uh, uh, speak to us this morning. And God, that we would uh, we, we would see, God, that you're able to meet each and every of our needs, God, if we'll just come to you. So God, again, we thank you. For all that you've done, Father God. God asking you just to bless during this time. It's in Christ's name that I do pray. Amen. So David says, I want to find somebody in Saul's house for Jonathan's sake that I can show kindness to. He had Jonathan on his mind. He said, Man, I want to show kindness to somebody. They found his servant, Ziba, one of Saul's servants. And he said, Yeah, Jonathan had a son. And his son, I don't think it said it yet. We'll get to it in a minute. His name is Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth. He, 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 is, he is Jonathan's son and he's laying on his feet. David said, well, where's he at? He said, well, is it this place called Lodabar? Lodabar. And Lodabar, first sermon I ever preached here, I preached on this. I don't know if you remember. I remember. Uh, Lodabar. And the place Lodabar actually means a place of no word. Or no hope. No word. There's no hope. you ever been in a place like Lodebar? You ain't got a chance. You ain't got a hope. And this guy, Mephibosheth, who once was a royal blood, amen, he was a grandson to the king, has failed to this place in Lodabar. And man, we can think of a physical place in Lodabar, but have you ever been in like a a spiritual place of Lodabal, or a mental place. Have you ever been in, like, some depression or, or something like that, you're just going through, and you're just like, how am I ever going to get out of this place of Lodabal? How am I ever going to get out of this this terrible place? There's a background on just life. He was five years old when his dad died. And what had happened, You can look at it back, it's in 2 Samuel 4-4 if you want to read it, but what happened is that his nurse, and that nurse in the King James, actually means, like, his caretaker, his, his foster parent, I guess you could say, uh, had him, and, and they got the word that, that his dad and Saul had died, in fact. And it said that she was so startled when she heard that that she picked Mephibosheth up. He was five now, and she fled with him. She took off running, and she tripped, and she fell with Mephibosheth in her arms. And it broke his feet, and he became paralyzed in the lane. And so since he's been five years old, he has been he has been uh, uh, just crippled in and then we don't know exactly when he went to Lodabar, but apparently he's been there for a while. And he's just not in good shape. Maybe, you, maybe you're here this. maybe you know somebody like that. or Maybe you've been in that situation before where you're just in a bad place and you don't know how you're going to get out of it. Amen? You ever been there? In a bad place and you just don't know how you're going to get out of it. I've been there. Amen? I've been there. And it's not a fun place to be you know? I'll put it this way, I've been there since I've been saved. Woo! Yeah. Amen. You, I just because you're saved, don't mean you ain't gonna go through some tough times. Amen. Okay? Amen. But I'm thankful that there was a king, not King David, but the king of glory, that has one day said, You know what? Is there anybody that I can show some kindness to? And I'm glad that my name came up on the list at that time. Amen. I'm glad that I've, I've experienced the kindness of God. So it says in Lodabar. Verse 5 tells us, The king David sent and fetched him out of the house of Maker, the son of Emile from Lodabar. Now Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was coming to David. He fell on his face and did reverence. Can you imagine Mephibosheth? coming in to King David. He's been in a place that nobody wants to be. He's been in a place of, of struggle and of torment. It's just, a, it's just a bad situation. Now the king is calling from him. The king of the country is calling. And I bet Mephibosheth said, they're fixing to execute me or something. I don't know what's fixing to happen. And he shows up. And they said, when he, when, he, when he got to David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said to Mephibosheth, and he answered, behold thy servant. And David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely show the kindness for Jonathan, thy father's sake, and will restore thee all the land of Saul, thy father, and thou shalt eat the bread at my table continually. And he bowed himself and said, What is thy servant, that thou shalt look upon such a dead dog as I? Mephibosheth said, What in the world? What kind of grace is this that I'm experiencing? How can a king be that good? But I'm here to tell you this morning that you may be in a place like Mephibosheth was. And you may be not good for nothing. He wasn't good for nothing. He couldn't even walk. He wasn't good for nothing. He was in a terrible place. And I bet he was probably in one of those places that that if he could, he would have just ended it all. He would have just ended it all. But thank God that the king stepped in and said, I want to show kindness to somebody. And it was Mephibosheth that day. And he brought him in. And he said, I'm going to tell you what. You've been in Lodabar. You ain't going to be in Lodabar no more. By George, you're going to eat at my table. And what did he say? Eat at my table. Continue. Right. Can I tell you this morning? You may be like the fish in that bad spot. You don't know how you're going to get out. You may have family issues. You may have health issues. You may have work issues. I don't know what kind of issues you've got, but you don't know how you're going to get out. Can I tell you what to do? Bring it to the king, table. You come to the king's table, he'll let you eat there, yeah. and he'll let you eat there continually. Yeah. Now I'm just not talking about fried yeah. chicken and cornbread. I broke my heart. Fried chicken? That's why I'm gonna bring fast food. <laughs> no. no, but not. I'm talking about. I'm not not talking about food, I'm talking about spiritual food. That, mean? that kind of food that only God can give. That, that that food of hope and of joy and of peace. Man, don't you want that in your life? Come to the king, say. And then we find, if you flip over to Ruth. We find a young lady here that's also had a tough time, but she's not. in the same much situation as Mephibosheth was. Mephibosheth was crippled and couldn't do a whole lot for himself. Ruth, on the other hand, man, she was a, she was a hard worker. And just a little background on her. We know the story, but uh, uh, chapter number one. This guy uh, lives in uh, lives in Bethlehem, and there's a famine that's going on. And he said, "You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go to a far land. I'm gonna go to Moab, and I'm gonna take my wife, and I'm gonna take my daughters, and we're gonna go." He goes over there. His, uh, I'm sorry. I'm gonna take his uh, my sons. And His wife and his sons go over there. And this guy's name is Elimelech. He eventually dies in Moab, but his two sons marry two daughters, Ruth and Orphan. And what happens is that the, the, the sons die, and and so it's just Naomi, the woman, and and, and Ruth, and Orphalus. And the mother-in-law says, I'll tell you what, just go back to your father's. Just go back to your father's. And one daughter-in-law finally says, okay, I'm going to go back to my father's. The other daughter-in-law says, no, I'm going to stay with you. I'm going to stay with you. So she stayed with her. They got word that there was food back in Bethlehem again. So they go back to Bethlehem. They show up. And, 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 and back then, uh, the welfare service was this, is that you glean the field. We talked about this before. If you would glean the fields. What uh, the, the law back then was that you, if you owned the field, you couldn't pick the corners of the field. And if you dropped some while you were picking the fields, that you had to leave it. And those that were poor and those that were, uh, the widows mainly, the, the ones that were underprivileged could come behind you and they could glean the fields. So, so uh, Ruth and what's her name, Naomi uh, moved back to Bethlehem and Ruth says, Mother-in-law, Miss Naomi, I'm going to go glean the fields. Well, it says she goes and she gleans the fields and she happened to, the word is actually hat that it uses, that her hat was that she landed in the field of Boaz. Now, we know that that, that that Brother Chris said it this morning. Some things uh, we think just happen by chance, right? But with God, nothing is accident. Amen? Okay. Nothing is accident. So she comes to this field that this guy Boaz owns. And Boaz happens to be her kinfolks. And one of them to get into the fact that they got married. And Jesus' great, 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 great grandparents. but. Well, you're going get into that. But anyways, so he goes into this field, and she's gleaning, and she's gleaning, and she's just trying to get enough food so that her mother-in-law can survive. What just so happens the day that she's out there picking, this guy, Boaz, who owns the field, comes into town. And the Bible says that Boaz was a wealthy man, and he was a very eligible bachelor. Does anybody watch that show? The Bachelor. My wife turns out to show on. Oh. I leave. Anyway. Good. <laughs> I ain't got time. I tell y'all something funny I said. I ain't got time. <laughs> anyway, Boaz <laughs> comes in. I'm sure all the ladies in Bethlehem want him. He's got it going on. He's got a lot of money. He's got, he got a lot of land. But the guy's a good dude because you can tell how he... uh. Tell how he, he talks to folks, right? So he's a good guy. I mean, why is the guy still single is what I'm thinking, right? That's like all the people on the back. So if y'all are such good people, why y'all still single? Anyways, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say about that. So Ruth's <laughs> the out there gleaning in the field. Boaz walks up. And he's shaking everybody's hand. How y'all doing? Everything going good here on the farm? And he looks out there and he sees Ruth and says, "Who? who is that? And she's Ruth out there in the field clean. Work. They tell her who she is and how good of a person that she is, that she actually came back to Bethlehem from, from the land of her father with her mother-in-law. to help take care of her mother-in-law and how that she uh that, that, that she's doing her very best to take care of Boaz like, Not only is she good looking, she's a good person. Boaz like I said, Mr. Boaz, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> So he it says, it's time for the servants to come and eat lunch, right? So won't you come and eat lunch with me? Verse 14, chapter number two of Ruth. And Boaz said unto her at mealtime, Come thou hither, and eat of the bread and dip thy morsel in the vinegar. And she sat beside the reapers, and he reached her parched corn. And she did eat and was sufficed and left I'm sure being a widow, and her mother-in-law also being a widow, it had been a long time that she sat down at the table and was satisfied. Man, she had worked and worked and worked and did her very, very best, but she could not be filled by her own means. Finally went to the master's table. It says that she sat down and he served her. And then she ate, and what does it mean? What does it say? And she Supplies. was sufficed. So you know what that word suffice means? It says she ate till she was full and had some left over. Woo! She couldn't do it on her own. She had tried her best, her very, very best. But she couldn't be full until she came to the master's table. I'm gonna ask you this one: Are you full? Yes. Sir. And I'm not talking about this. physically full. I hope we get to do that here in a little bit. And I'm talking about spiritually full. We try so hard in so many ways to feel accomplished in this world, do we not? Man, we'll work hard. Man, we'll try to we'll try to have the nicest clothes. We'll try to have the nicest car. We'll try to have the nicest. Color. We'll try to we'll try to do all of these things. I've been there and I've done that. And at the end of the day, guess what? I'm still just as empty as when I started. Because all those things don't mean a whole very long does it? at the end of the day. You may be here this morning. You got that void spot. You've been trying your best to fill it with it, with, with everything that you can reach. Everything that you can accomplish, you've been trying to fill that full. Can I tell you, it ain't never gonna happen until you come to the master's table. And Ruth, is proof of that. Man, she worked her rear end off. Worked her rear end off and was never able to get full. But by George, she come to the master's table and she did it and was sufficed. Have you had that experience where you come to the master's table and was satisfied? Nothing in this world is going to satisfy your heart until you come to the master's table. He'll satisfy, you. and then he's going to send you back out for work. Amen. Amen. We're to go back out and we're to work. Ruth went back out to work. You know let Listen, to what it says in verse fifteen. <coughs> and when she was risen up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men, saying, "Let her glean." even among the sheaves, and reproach her not. Listen to this 60. and let fall some of the handfuls of purpose for her and leave them that she may blame them and rebuke her not. Sometimes I think about this, right? Because she goes back out to work. And like I said a while ago, even there's been times since I've been saved, I've, I've went into those places of all. And you're like, man, I just don't know. Sometimes I want to quit. Sometimes I want to throw it in the cloud. Sometimes I'm preaching ain't for me. Maybe I just don't. Want to, I just want to quit. Sometimes. But then, just in the negative time, God will drop those handfuls of purpose. Ooh, and I'll come right back out of the load bar again, ready to go. He'll fill me back up again. He'll bring me back into that table. He'll drop one of those handfuls of purpose. I'll never forget. About six months ago, I was tired, y'all. I was tired. I was still battling some, some sickness going on, and and and, and 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 I don't know. The church just wasn't going like I thought it should. We wasn't growing fast enough. I just didn't know. And I, I just got tired. I, I just said, so you know what? I'm gonna let somebody else do a better job. We come on a Wednesday night to have conference and Bible study. Miss Nikki joins the church on Wednesday night. I was to the point like I was gonna tell the deacons that night. I think I'm just I need I need some time. Miss Nikki joins the church. And, the of purpose. and then I'll get tired from time to time. A couple weeks ago, I was struggling with some things going on in the church, and, and I, Brother Jerry takes me on a Monday morning. Brother, they just want to let you know that we'll appreciate you. My kids look up to you, and you're a blessing to my family. And, of purpose. and I'm like, God, thank you. Thank you that you just didn't let me come to your table one time and get full and then leave me out to dry. No, but He'll let you get full, and then He'll sustain you. And He'll keep you going. He'll Amen. give you the strength that you need. He'll give you the, 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 the desire to serve him that you need. Thank God for the thankfulness. Amen. Amen. That he'll try. Here's another thing. I was thinking about this in the chicken house yesterday. Picking up dead chicken, you got a lot of time to thank. Right? <coughs> I was picking up dead chicken and I gotta thank. I'm thankful for all those people that God used, and Bob talked about a little bit in Sunday school, that God used Drop a handful of purpose in my life. They said, you know what? I need to tell Brother Nate, Well, what And I'm not. I'm just using that this morning, okay? But, but I got to thank you. <laughs> hey, God has used those people to drop handfuls of purpose in my life. What am I doing to drop handfuls of purpose in other people's lives? You ever thought about that? Maybe you're the means that God wants to bless somebody else with, as Bob mentioned this morning in Sunday School. You ever thought about that? When's the last time you told Bob, thank you, for teaching Sunday School? Bob, you did a great job. I love you. I love you. When's the last time you told Bob, thank you? When's the last time you told this man for leading music? You don't lead music. Chris, appreciate you. Music has to carry a preacher sometimes. Believe that or not, it really does. Thank you all. Miss Kaylee, Miss Kaylee, Jack is tickled today to go to Sunday school every Sunday morning. He's thrilled. Look, he's probably still wearing his knock with a drum. Miss thank you for teaching Jack. It's, it's so exciting. Right he a poster or something in right? was, was I on that poster? <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Man, full of purpose, baby. <laughs> When's the last time you thanked the people that serve this church? Thank you. Appreciate you all. Hey, when's the last time you thanked your wife? there being been a wife that you shouldn't. What about your husband? When's the last time you dropped a handful of purpose in somebody's life, because God laid that on your heart? Because you don't ever know how much that person needs. Amen. Amen. I'm sure Ruth was out there in that field. She was tired, and she even though she had just got full, man, she was tired and she was wore out. She's trying to supply. For her mother-in-law, and I bet that's the time until she thought, you know what? I should have just went back to my father's in Moab. Man, I had it made there. Okay. She kept on working. She kept on working. And she kept on working. And every now and then, she gets that handful of purpose. Thank you, Lord. Thank okay. you. Can I ask you this moment? Are you struggling? Are you in that place of the bar like my fibership was? You're in that place where, where you man you're just depressed and you're down and you don't know where to turn. And I tell you to bring it to the table. That God can make this needs. You may be like Ruth. You may be busting your rear end. And you can't find peace, and hope, and joy, and nothing. And at the end of the day, you're just empty, and you don't know why. You work so hard. And I tell you to come to the King's table. He'll fill you up, <coughs> and He'll keep you sustained. Amen. That's everybody's saying, we come to the worst of anything." Would you come to the king's table this morning? I'm going to pray and then we're going to sing. Father, we thank you for this day. Father God, we thank you for this word. God, I thank you, God, that when we come to you, that you're able to take care and meet our needs. God, I pray for those that are in here this morning, God, that may be Maybe in a place of lower bar, maybe in a place of depression, or maybe in a place of struggle, or 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 God, they just they just, they're having a hard time, God. God, I pray that something that was said this morning, God, will let them realize that if they'll come to you, God, you can handle it. But God, we've got to bring it to you. So God, I just pray for this invitation. I pray for these that are here this morning, God. And you just do a mighty, mighty work in this invitation. It's in Christ's name that I do. Amen. Amen. Would you come this morning? It's one night. Thank mm-hmm. you.